Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Coach Unplugged is brought to you by great people over at teachhoops.com. For coaches who want to get better. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. Here is your host, Steve Collins. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 83. Um, thanks so much for joining us to, today and taking your time out of your your busy day to listen to our podcast. Um, I have a great kind of discussion today with uh, one of my assistant coaches, uh, Coach Slumpkiss, former Division One coach at um, UIC. What we're, we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about kind of our theories on half courts, um, pick and rolls, um, just some other discussion points that we're going to have. I'm going to apologize before you listen to this about the audio. It's not the, it's not quite the quality that we have sometimes when we come into the studio, but um, I hope you I hope you enjoy it. Um, you know this is and this is a perfect time to to give a shout out to our sponsors um, at teachhoops.com for those coaches who are looking to get better. You know it's got everything you need to to become a better coach and and if you're liking these podcasts, I, I would ask that you go out and and subscribe and and and, and leave some feedback. Um, you know, we would love if you would join the, the, the teach hoops community, but I know that's not for everyone, but if you really love these podcasts, we have started a Patreon, um, site that people can make donations to help us keep this, this, uh, this podcast going. It's www.patreon.com slash or backslash. I'm not even sure where it is. Coach unplugged. We, we would sure appreciate it if you'd help us out. And, um, here's coach Collins and coach Drew. Coach Unplugged. Uh, that been really inappropriate. Yeah, you don't want to be inappropriate. I never like to. Sometimes. Sometimes you gotta be. Sometimes you gotta be. Sometimes you gotta point out. Ooh, I like this one. Is home court advantage a real thing in high school basketball? And then is it a real thing in other sports? Yes and yes. Done. Um, I would agree that at the high school level, home court advantage does play into it. You don't think it plays an influence at the, at the like, Cole Center for the Badgers? 
Or Cameron for Duke? You don't think no, I do, I do think those are advantages, but I think the lower you go, like... Um, like the y YMCA for the seventh grade game? No, I don't no. mean... Yeah, but I mean, like, I think the less mature the kid is, or the athlete is, the more that plays into it and becomes a factor. If that makes sense to you. So, but you're saying it does happen in high school, though. High school, yeah, and college, it definitely happens. Okay. NBA, um... Well, if you look at the if you look at the finals and the playoffs, home court tends to be a big deal. No, Golden State won at Cleveland. They clinched it there. They clinched it there, but they won more games. And at they home say hockey, it doesn't matter at all. I don't know much about hockey. Yeah. And baseball, I haven't watched in forever, so I have no. Baseball, idea. I think, that matters because of the all the fences are different. Yeah, how much know. does it matter? I don't know how much it matters, but I think it matters a lot. I think you know. I would say shooting background in basketball. Actually, does influence you. So, like the gym you're in could influence you. Crowds, like our high school gym is big. I think. I think the gym we play in is a huge advantage. Yeah, I would agree. It's small and not it's a lot tight, of people. It's, it's compact. Tight, it's compact. Yeah. It's small. It's you know, if it's eighteen hundred people. Um, yeah. You know, crowd noise, that kind of stuff. I'm not. Well, it's more about sure. it's more about familiarity. You know, not having to get on a bus after school. Yeah. You know, the same rims, the same routine, because that's the routine you're in the most often. Is when you're at home. So I think it's a big advantage, to be honest with you. Yeah. I do. There's some, though, that argue, and I think the Brewers minor league team, their double-A team, uh, started the season off because they built a new stadium. Started the season off on the road, and they played like 30-some games on the road. He did some ESPN. Yeah, thing so I, I read a little thing on it, and the manager and the players were actually like, we actually kind of liked it once we got in a groove. Right. Because it forced the team to have to come together and have camaraderie. Um and they got really familiar with one another. So it's a um, team bonding thing. Yeah, for them it was. So I think it depends on how you look at it. Um, I would agree travel becomes an issue, potentially. Probably not as big of an issue in the high school level as it is at other levels. Because you're, you're not, not traveling as far. Cross country or whatever that might be. There's no time zone changes, which does actually influence bodies and all that kind of stuff. Um, how did you deal with, with time changes when you dealt with traveling in UIC? Did you get there, have to get there the night before a game? Uh, we would try to get in there as early as we could. So if you played on Saturday, you'd try to get there on Friday? No, we'd probably fly on Thursday. Thursday. Get in Thursday night, have a practice on Friday in their gym, and then the game would be set. And do they decide but when if you we did like, If we did a uh, – usually you get a window. Okay. Like I would try to give a couple time slots to any visiting teams, uh, and they would most likely do the same for us. Depends on the venue. Some places are public arenas, so they have a concert or the circus or right. who knows what. So you can't get in. you got to go use a practice facility. Okay. That would usually bother. At least a shoot-around, we try to get in the gym the day of the game. Okay. Um, but anything we did that was cross-country or like a time zone, I mean, we went from Central to Eastern. That really wasn't that big of a One deal for our guys. Um, you know, I would still argue that actually like an afternoon game screws up their schedule more than like losing an hour to a time zone. Because we did go out to Riverside and play out there and to Colorado State. And that definitely, I would actually, we played Riverside first. And that game, I thought we were closer to our normal body clocks than when we fouled up with going to Colorado State. So it was probably like a five-day like trip. A jet lag it was thing. like a five-day trip yeah. as a whole. So the first two we were fine on. We just kind of powered through it. And then that set, I remember feeling really fatigued. And then there was elevation and all sorts of stuff going on there as well. So, um, yeah, travel was tricky. You have to think. But it is part of it. You know what I mean? You can't even think about it. You just go, this is. Do you think it's a big deal? I think it's a relatively big deal at high school. Home court? Yeah, I think it's a couple points a game. 
Probably. There's that. And I think you factor in things like <clears throat> officiating. Are they more prone to call, you know, pro for the home team? Right. Or the away team? Um, I think shooting is really actually impacted by this if you're not used to shooting and being comfortable in that, in that gym. Um, but you look at our last game, Kenosha came from two hours well, away, and we came and from five minutes away. Right, and we played, and we played there. How many times? Forever. And they still, and, you and know what I mean? So, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it does influence, but I still think um, how you approach the game, how you prepare for the game, and how your guys play are much more important. And I think there's the, ways you can neutral. The venue and the facility. Yeah, I think there's ways you can neutralize a home court, too. Yeah. I mean, um, and, and also routine that, on the road is important, yeah. too. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Um, and I do think the age of the, like, if we went in, you went on the road with a bunch of seniors versus a young team of sophomores, juniors, and maybe a freshman or two sprinkled in, I think they handle it a lot different than that. So how your leadership is, I, I also do think, influences it. Sometimes it's good to be young, though, because they don't know enough. They have no idea. They don't know enough to be nervous. Yeah, they're, they're naive to the... But sometimes that's to, good. Yeah. Um, but I would say it plays a role. I don't think it's the biggest I'm not determining sure, yeah. factor in winning and losing. Yeah, I don't think it you know is I mean? either. I don't think I think it's somewhere in between as far as the effect it has on the actual outcome of the game. But um, I would say there's opponents we play who definitely play better on their home, home court at, than they do when they're on the road in your place. Yes. Um, so I guess from that perspective too, it would be a little bit. Yes, the people you know that I mean? haven't beaten us at our place have beaten us at theirs yep. over the last 10 and years. Yeah, consistently play much better, better at home than they do I would agree. in our place. So I, we would both agree that there's some sort of... Yep. yep. Awesome. Great. Hey, drums. We're going to have to get, like, a back thing on today's... There's a band somewhere in the building. Uh, what are your thoughts on 18-minute halves? Ooh, I love this one. So or this quarters for high school basketball. High school basketball. Because I believe now you can tell you probably you've been around the country more with with your previous job mm -hmm. that I think some associations already have two 18 minute halves. There are some that currently do like Minnesota, that. Minnesota, I know Minnesota does. does. I think California might have an 18 minute half as well. And most high school teams tend to go for eight minute quarters, yes. right? Yep. yep. Um, In Illinois, that way for sure. So I have a really strong feeling on this. What's yep. your feeling on this? I mean, I'm fairly indifferent. Um, I guess. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, I, I, know. I am indifferent about a topic. <laughs> um, I guess it's from a larger philosophy that play the game that's given to you. Who cares what the rules are? Go take advantage of it where you can. And I and I can see the rush. Here's my concern with it. There's a couple. First of all, I don't like change, so check for that. I just don't like change. I, I think we've been successful with what we've done. Sure. Um, but uh, my worry is smaller schools. Um, that the blowouts are going to be worse. That we're going to, and I'm not even sure they're going to work on running clock because I think running clock went to 40 in the fourth quarter. quarter. So now, how are we going to do running clock? So that's one of my. Concerns. And this is specific to Wisconsin too. This is Wisconsin specific, yeah. um, but that's my worry. My worry is they're doing it to play more kids, and I'm not sure that's going to happen. Okay. Um, I don't know. When I was 18, I could. I mean, they play seven games in a day or whatever they do in AAU. Yeah. Um, Having been from a small town, right, and having five guys on my JV team when I was a freshman, and playing every minute that I could, so you're play, I was in foul trouble. Yeah, I wouldn't have cared. Four, four more minutes, four more minutes in a game. It. I would have loved it because I get to play four more minutes. Um, I think teams that 
are successful right now, yeah, they have to adapt to it. They have to change their systems to it. Right. Um, I think from a conditioning standpoint, it's manageable. I don't. I don't think. I mean, you think somebody like our point guard last year, Sharif, who could have played probably 17 games in a day, didn't mm-hmm. matter. I don't. Think I mean, he for, tires. He's he one of those guys that does, does not, not tire. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure it's gonna have as a big influence as people think it is. Yeah. I, I'm not. I, I think we should. I leave the game. Yeah, and I guess my argument against it would be what's the purpose of the change? Why the impetus for the change? Why the need for the change to 18 minutes? What is the actual benefit? I mean, I, I, not, I don't want to speak for the WIA, but I, no. think it, I, think it's, I think it's they want more kids to play, which I don't think is necessarily going to be the case. The, the only argument might be, okay, we're trying to get them ready for the college game, yeah. which is two 20-minute halves. Yeah. Okay, but then the girls NCAA – Went back to quarters. Okay. So we're, we're we're helping the boys out, but we're really not helping the girls out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. the girls went back to quarters now uh, at the NCAA level. Yeah. And I think playing extra bodies, no offense to the WIA and their mission, or I guess any greater sports organization's mission, but these are competitive varsity athletes. Right. We cut. Right. Yeah. Not everyone is going to make every team – and at some point, that lesson needs to be taught and learned. Right. Um, and you can be a part of a team and never play minutes. And I think right. that's okay. Because yeah. you learn to value having a lesson. Well, that goes the whole deeper of what does a team do? Sure. How does it teach you about life? I mean, I, we I both personally, agree on that, I guess, would have, if we were going to make a change about anything time wise in the game, I would have rather seen a shot clock be implemented than oh, 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 oh. an 18 minutes. Okay. Or add four extra minutes. I, I, to the game. Shot, I played with a shot clock in college. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you even notice it? Never. Yeah. Ever. I mean, a shot clock. First of all, it, I don't think it's ever going to happen when I'm coaching high school because of cost. Yep. Because um, you got to mount it on the backboard and you got to teach somebody to run it. Running it's hard. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, it's, it's sort of. Yeah. It, relatively. I've run enough shot clocks in my day. Right. When the ball hits the rim. Yeah, but it's hard in a high school game to be I able agree. to agree. People that. panic and they get panic yep. and it's replay yep. and you yep. don't want to put it on the floor because yep. Uncle Joe might stand in front of it in the fourth quarter yeah, or the second half now. Out, for sure. Um, but I, I mean, I, it's a one year trial, so I'll give them credit on the one year trial. So yep. they're going to give it a shot and see how it feels. Um, I, you know, having coached it in Minnesota, I'm not sure it changes the flow of the game. Do you think it does? I mean, I, I, I'm actually, not sure I would it does. think it would lend itself to a better flow. You think it does? Because you don't have the quarters interrupting. I think coaching are going to have to adjust the timeouts and how you structure your lineup rotations. I think those are the two big things you have to evaluate. Okay, so let's talk about the timeout part. So yeah. you think timeouts are going to be a bigger part of... I think it would become a much bigger part of the game. Okay? Right. For instance, you could wait until the period between the timeout between the first and second quarter to make changes, to, to get adjust. rest for players, yep, yep, yep. to make your adjustments. Say you're getting routed early in a game or your team isn't responding with the effort and energy, You now your next scheduled break isn't until 18 minutes into the game. So you're going to have to take timeouts earlier to maybe make these adjustments. And you don't, like, and in the or, college game, you don't have the, you don't have the TV timeouts in the timeouts breaks, in you the don't have those games. things. You don't have those And the breaks. thing is then, so, so let's say... Do you say, increase the t- total timeouts you get in a game? Is that maybe. a fair way to sort of address this situation? Maybe. I mean, happens? I would have no problem. They give me another timeout. Yeah. Give me another so, time to coach my kids. Great. Six and here's how I would argue it. You get six, and like the college game, one goes away after the first half no matter what. Done. So you have that's, to that use one the, of those that, six in there. That's the answer. I'm telling you, that's the answer. Give me another timeout, and 
if yeah, if, it's like it's like coaching in the summer. Yeah. You don't use it in the first half, it burns you and it. you lose yeah. it. Yeah. And then people would use it. But so I'm you're saying, not banking all six till the end of the, the second half or an end of a game situation. Right. But you're allowing yourself to have enough timeouts to make those adjustments at end of game situations. So what I'm thinking is going to happen too is, let's say you and I are coaching against each other and you're not playing real well and you've had to burn a, burn a couple yeah. in the first half. Mm -hmm. And now I know you're down to two or three. Maybe I don't take one in the second mm -hmm. half because I want the flow of the game to keep going. Yep. So I think there's that chess the match. Sure. There's it adds another dimension match. to it that. Does. There's no doubt about that. I think it does. Uh, and I don't think that's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. But with the, going back to the small school thing, I think that's going to be an issue with not enough kids. Yeah. So let's say you're beating a team by 30. You give them another four minutes. You don't think that's going to extend? It's not going to shorten. It should extend. It should extend. That's what I'm saying. I so I think we're going to have. Take it easy. I think we're going to have more blowouts. Sure. Yeah, we're gonna have more blowouts. We're gonna have more, you know. We're gonna have the smaller schools being able to have enough kids. You know what I'm saying? I mean, oh my God! Yeah. It's like yeah, I would say I was a rare athlete in Division <laughs> Four. Um, You're Division Four. We were, four. Div we're five now. You're five. We now. were four when I was in high school. Um, so everybody player. plays in a Division well, Four. Well, yeah, and that's yeah, the problem. You have kids that aren't even athletes playing that are out and they make the team just because you needed bodies. Right. And they can't handle playing extra minutes. Right. I mean, they can barely get up and down. You get them in a minute or two, and then it's like... Yeah. So I would... Yeah. Do I think for the majority of us it's really making that big of an impact? No. I think we have to re-strategize. I think we have to rethink. Maybe how we teach things in practice so players take more ownership of things on the court. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, you're Small not going to have that timeout. Yeah. Yep. Maybe your point guard being really heady is now much more important because they are the ones that organize the team on the court instead of you having to call that Do you think it's going to affect what people do... Offensively and defensively, I think it could affect pressure. Yeah, I don't. I I, I don't think unless you're gonna. I mean, there are very few teams that can play 15. I don't think you can pressure the whole game anymore. I would agree. I think that would. Be I think that is taken away. I think you can try it, but I think at some point it's going. You're to You're gonna lose its effectiveness. Yeah. And you may be yeah. able to do it early in the season, but by the end of the season, you're taking legs away. And right. I waste legs early in the season when you need to them in January, the February. Them, yeah. February on the conference home stretch and then into the playoffs. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting to see how. Well, when I found out I was not. I yeah. mean, I'm like, like I told you, I like peach baskets. I'm like old school. I even want. Would you, you know, jump the ball up every time? I, I don't know if I would do that. That's a good question. I'm going to have to think on that one. Um, I think the, the officials are terrible at throwing the ball up because they don't practice it. I won't give my opinion on officials. Well, no, but I'm just saying. WIA fine us or no? <laughs> No, but I'm just saying, they're not used to they only throw it up once. It's not even that hard. I know, but it's hard to get the timing. You, you do two You, you don't one. give them. Well, I don't officiate, but I would do one maybe. I, I don't do know. one. It depends. Little kids um, have one. Sometimes the big boys So how, where, where were we? Where was I going with that discussion? I don't know. I, you digressed. I did digress. It was that. your point, not mine. I know it was. No, I lost That's it. That's that Dartmouth education right there. <laughs> um. So going back, oh, so yes, I would like to go back to old school. I would like eight Division One teams back at the state tournament. I know that, yeah. So everybody else is getting what they want. Why don't the big schools get what they want? But that that we we, we that's a whole different. We're gonna save that one. We'll send that up to Stevens Point on a special yep. one. Um, but so I like old school. So me, my first gut within the hour of hearing about it mm -hmm. is no, 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 no. But then as I digest it and start thinking about it. I think you're right. I don't think it's going to affect the game that much. I don't um, think it And I think it would have affected the game more 15 years ago when kids weren't playing as many sure. games. Mm -hmm. I think kids are just used to playing 
back to back to backs. Yeah, you know, you play at nine on Saturday, then you play at noon, then you play at three, and then you got to come back Sunday, and it's like they're used to playing games. Yep. So I'm not sure an extra four minutes is really going to affect it in a varsity game. Um, but you're right, there will have to be some tweaks on sure. everything everybody does. I think I that's think, inevitable but. too. And I do buy the argument that it could be more difficult for those smaller schools. That's what, I mean, I, I worry about girls' en enrollments as far as that. I worry about the small schools. I worry about the blowouts. I worry about the blowouts even in a D Division two game or a Division one game. Yep. You know, you're up 40. You know, you're not going to sub. You're not going to sub your guys in and pull your starters out with four minutes to go. because yeah, anything can happen. Anything game. can happen. So all of a sudden is like when do you start subbing and you have to sub sooner. And I think that all the rotation stuff's. Well, four minutes, if they'd have made it 220 minutes, then it would have been a big difference, I think. Yeah, you're adding uh, extra eight minutes, an extra quarter to the game, essentially, what you'd be doing if you went to 20. Yeah, yeah. And you're adding half a quarter here. You're adding half a quarter. It's an overtime. And yeah, I've coached up overtime games. Is it really? Although it's going to play different than an overtime. Those tend to be very possession controlled. They do. Um, I still think you can possession control. I think I, I know I've read the arguments that this is going to take away the delay at the end of the first quarter and the end of the third quarter. Yeah. It's going to take away those things. But I'm still telling you, with five minutes to go and you're winning, you can still pull a ball out. Sure. I mean, who cares I mean, the second half? It doesn't matter. It's like it's like pulling the ball out with a minute and a half. Now I'm going to pull out with five minutes. It doesn't, that, I, remember, I think people are still going to have possession and be possession teams. I, I think remember they are. Milwaukee Vincent when they had their run in the 90s pulling the ball out for an entire second quarter of a game and just playing delay games. Well, we, and we, what's uh, to stop a team from doing it for 10 consecutive minutes what's the difference if they think that's the strategy to win? Well, what's the difference I'm not going to someone what, for doing that. What's either. the difference in starting a game that way? Exactly. That's, that's the first thing. It's like, okay, we'll just, you're going to sit in a zone. We'll sit and we'll, we'll take our four minutes right now and rest. Do you want to watch that for 36 minutes? Are you going to match? I mean, I'm just saying no, that's what forces this, team to come out. Yeah, come on out. It's like, different, but I think that's what... As a coach, I think you should enjoy that. Oh, I think that's you, good. We sat, in, we sat at half court like this, yeah. and no. I don't know, was it and Wesley's you, 05 in Middleton? We just come back from being in St. Louis and holding the ball here. Come get us. Let's go. Let's play. So, I, uh, you know, I'm 50-50. Yeah. This, this might be one of our more agreeable things. Yeah, yeah I think, um, well, I think I talked you off the ledge a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um, <laughs> that's, that and it's true. not as drastic. I don't think it's as drastic of a change as the shot clock even would have been. No, the shot clock would have been bigger, I think. Yep. And and as a program, we're pretty deep. And I think most teams in the Big 8 are pretty deep. Yeah. As far as talent pool goes, mm -hmm. um, maybe younger kids play now. I mean, and, you know, maybe all of a sudden there's a shift on, I don't know. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see what the, uh, yeah. the unimplied... What the ripple effect will be. What are, what's yeah. going to change about the game? I and agree. how much will it change? I agree. And that probably will be going to determine if they keep it for next year or not. Yeah, it will be interesting how they decide whether they're going to keep it or not. Yeah, yeah it'll be good. I don't know. 26, 42. I'm going to pick because the last one you picked didn't really work well for me. Okay. I'm sorry you don't have as informed of opinions as I do. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was the aliens or the. Uh... Something wrong with the aliens. Ooh, I like this one. How do you defend the pick and roll? Okay, so I'm gonna let you go first on this um, one. I would defend it multiple ways. Um, 
And I mean, do you want me to list the ways? You yeah, I go through the. It? I would go through the ways yeah. that you would defend it because I like defending it. Yeah, you like one to, of two. You like to blitz it, or what I call blitzing it. Not even come up with that. I like blitzing it or switching it. Yep, that's kind of my. Yeah, um, I think icing's important too, and icing's where on a side ball screen you force the dribbler down to the baseline, so away from the screen, screen. and you force them to you shrink the floor on essentially. I think that's. Um, on a side screen. On a side ball screen, is you shrink, yeah, you shrink the floor, and you don't give them the middle of the floor. Um, so icing, I think, is important. I think blitzing is important. I think switching is important. And what I've heard call is a fly trap or zoning that screen, where the big stays under it, invites them to drive, and ideally you get the guard back underneath. If not, you end up switching. So if that you were a youth coach watching this or listening to this. If I was a youth, and you, yep, youth, a youth coach? coach, so let's say less than ninth grade, and you're listening to this or watching this, and you could only work on one type of way of defending a ball screen or pick and roll, what would you do? If you could only pick one, I know what I teach them to do. If I could only do one, I would. I would probably teach young kids to flat chill, which means stay at the level of the screen, and have the guard fight over the top of it. Is probably how I would play. That's actually a good idea. I was thinking blitz, because um, they don't pass well. Kids at that age yeah. don't pass well. Yeah. Um, so my thought was blitz and then switch, because switch would teach them to communicate on defense, which is extremely important. And I actually have switched it at when the, I coached yeah, seventh this yeah, past especially. year. Yeah. Um, Switching works really well, too, because yeah, it makes and them we, talk. And we had actually a lot of like-sized kids. Right. Um, I only had one really true big, and actually he could move his feet pretty well. Um, so there were, if teams ran like multiple ball screens at us, uh, or they had one really like go-to guy, right. and that's why they were running the ball screen, then I uh, switched that. Um, so yeah, I think switching is beneficial too. I tend to like young kids that have to try to work on playing things in a fundamental manner. Um, so the blitzing wouldn't be that much, but the, I, I think the switch would be better than the show. From the, from the teaching standpoint, in the sense that they would have to communicate and talk through the switch. Yeah. And the height level when they're 12 probably isn't as big for the most part. Yeah, and a lot of young teams only have one guy. Or they have like a go-to guy. Right. So the more you can control that person. And maybe you blitz off. that one guy. But I do believe that you need some change-ups. I think you need multiple ways to defend balls. And did you have calls or did you just do that specifically when you were at UIC? Uh, UIC, we did it as a scout call initially. And then okay. we may switch that up in huddles. Um, but we, you know, you had a common lingo. For what each one was. So you're playing team. You're playing team yeah. X. Here's how we're going to handle team yeah. X. Yeah, and we're really, gonna some, we're and really, yeah. What you're show. looking at is the ball handling and what they're capable of doing. So if a, that guy isn't going to turn the corner and shoot a three on you, um, right? It's almost better to stay under it and just get through the screen that way. Um, but at the higher level, I mean, kids are learning how to shoot behind ball screens. Right. You have to, um, yeah. and that puts pressure on the whole defense. So, and the ball screen's not going anywhere. The ball screen is essentially the number one go-to offensive. And when you show or you come out or you switch, do you make them stay? Because we want to stay title because someone showed and then they didn't actually get out. Brendan hit a couple shots. So um, you're saying if they're... So if you're switching that, you're staying. You're, you're closing out and you're staying. If, if you switch it, I would be up at the level and attacking that ball handler, handler. so they can't turn the corner on you. Yeah, yeah. so pushing back to yep. the middle. It's almost you want a front foot or you're... Up in that what I'd call in the front foot up at an angle, so at least forces them to have to flatten out. Ideally, they go the opposite direction of the hoop I on agree. that. 
Um, but yeah, I think it's important to practice multiple, and I think it's important to you know identify what you have for your team, what they're best at. And like our center last year, I thought was pretty good at staying under right. screens, yeah. zoning, moving, waiting for the other guard to get back, and then switching back to his his man. Yeah, and we didn't have thing. a lot of like centers that were dangerous, rolling to the hoop or that. They could pop and hit a three, and so we could play it that way. And that pass is hard. There's very <laughs> that pass is hard for guards on that on that slip when you get that screen. If they switch that slip, that slip is really hard, yep. even for the good guys. Yeah. So I think um, I think like any defense, we've sort of talked about having options and being able to match your I, personnel to what the opponent brings. I like the scout call though too. That's kind of the way we do it. Yeah, where you scout, scout in advance call. and you go, we you know, want to do, we want to blitz this, and we were pretty much what, switch or a blitz? Yeah. Yeah, those were our two options. Last we, year, with yeah. that, yeah, and again, team, a change, the dynamics it, it all depends on the what team. you have. Good, I think that we agree on pick and roll. Hi everybody, I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. And again, I apologize for the for the, for the the quality of the of the audio, stay, stay uh, stay subscribed and and like it and and we will take care of that kind of moving forward as hopefully we get some some better equipment here but if um if you enjoyed today's podcast i'd like you to go over and check out uh, our membership site at teachhoops.com you know it's the essential resource for any coach that's any point in their coaching career it doesn't matter if you're a first year coach or you're just kind of starting out if you're if you're looking for resources you're looking for courses if you're looking for um, a community it's the place that you want to be um when you start out, you know, and as, as an experienced coach as myself, you know, I had my times where I needed to, to, to find a mentor. Or I needed some, to, someone to bounce ideas off of. And, and that's not only the, the vast amount of resources that we have. It's a place you can come and, and, and talk, ask questions. Um, I know someone recently was just asking about fundraising. So I was able to give them some of the ideas that we use for fundraising. So um, please check us out and uh, make sure you go down and, and subscribe and like. Thanks. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.